This podcast is brought to you by A Hotel Life, an award-winning travel website and community founded by Ben Pundell. This episode features Neil Jacobs, CEO of Six Senses Hotels, Resorts and Spas. Joining us this morning Hi. is Neil Jacobs, and there he is. Good morning Hi. to you. Good evening to you. Good evening to you. Yes, good evening. Thank How are you? you? Exactly. Very well, thank you. Very well indeed. Thank you so much for agreeing to chat to me on a Hotel Life Live. Um, pleasure. As you may know, Neil, uh, Hotel Life Live is a way of keeping some of us in the hospitality, hotel, and travel industry uh, connected, informed, and hopefully a little bit entertained. Um, <laughs> we'll do our best. We will do yeah. our best. And for those that don't know, and I'm sure everybody does, Six Sense is a, a, a brand of 15-plus hotels, resorts, and spas in Asia, Europe, and the Middle East. Got a couple of facts before we jump in, Neil. Every Six Senses project has a sustainability consultant, which is admirable. In Fiji, 100% of the power comes from uh, solar-powered Tesla batteries. 0.5% of income goes to a sustainability fund. And in Kaplankaya in Bodrum in Turkey, you have an anti-aging clinic, which, yeah. as you can see, did, did wonders for me. Yeah, you're and, looking great. You're looking great. Why, thank you, Neil. And in Singapore, uh, you actually tore out a, a lounge to house a Chinese doctor. Very incredible, progressive thing. So, uh, Neil, Neil Jacobs, the CEO of Six Senses Hotels, Resorts and Spas, thank you very much for joining us today on A Hotel Life Live. Welcome. Great. Thank you so much, man. My pleasure. Pleasure to be with you all from, from dark and warm Singapore. You know, how are you? Where are you? And, and how are you quarantining? Or is there a quarantine in Singapore? Yeah, very much so. I, I mean, I'm in Singapore. I live between New York and Singapore, probably, you know, 60% of my time here. Um, Singapore is very organized, extremely so. So we've been under very strict quarantine for mm for several weeks now. It's about to loosen up a little um, starting the beginning of next month, but you know, still not too many places to go, um, but we are allowed out. Um, no restaurants yet. We can pick up. The borders are not open, so right. you can't easily fly in and out, although starting next week, uh, there's some transit that's going to be allowed. So I think you know, it's probably another month at least before things start to start to move it's been it's it's been tough for me i i spent 75 percent of my life traveling so mm. I've, I've not not been at home this long since since i was probably 12 years old but you know it, it's uh so that's been interesting and like everyone we get used to uh, to zoom meetings and uh communicating in a different way so you know it, it's it's been interesting this might sound like a silly question, but how are things, how are things professionally? Well, you know, I, I mean, I, I try to be really, really positive about it, but, you know, it didn't start off that way. And <laughs> it's still not it's still not great for the first, you know, three or four weeks of uh, of the pandemic. We, we, <clears throat> we spent closing hotels, so we pretty much closed uh, everything we had. Um, and then, you know, after a little while of that, we, we kind of 
said to ourselves, this is crazy. We can't, uh, you know, we can't stay in this funk. We've got to start thinking about what is it going to look like when we come out the other end? And, uh, you know, we, we believe that, that, that it will come out the other end. It, yeah. it, it, I don't think it's ever going to go back to what it was. So I'm kind of a little contrary to those that, that think uh, people have short memories. Um, I don't think that's the case with this. I think uh, people are more mindful than perhaps they were 10 years or 20 sure. years ago. And, uh, and things will change. But but you're not going to stop people wanting to travel. Of course. And um, so we believe that, particularly with what we do around wellness and sustainability, which you know we've been doing for 25 years, and now I think one of the the, the good things to come out of uh, mm-hmm. of the virus is that people are more aware and more conscious about about both those platforms. And I think we're well placed. In, in that arena, you know. Uh, I absolutely agree. And I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you a little more about that I- I- in a okay. second. But are, are the hotels open or closed? Look at that. I'm, I'm so happy you have a glass of wine. I've got yeah, I do. Green, green I, there you go. It, it's it's 10 o'clock here. I can have I can. <clears> I was going to say, one, just right? in case anybody thinks that Neil's an alcoholic, he <laughs> it's 10, it's 10 p.m. in Singapore, so, and he deserves right. a glass of wine or whiskey <laughs> or whatever. He, he likes. If I were drinking that at 10 a.m. in New York, I hope you'd worry about me. I would. Um, I would. <laughs> but you know, are, the, are the hotels are the hotels open? Are they closed? Is development for the new projects uh, yeah. on pause for yeah. now? We opened three. So uh, our hotel in China was one of the first to uh, to reopen, which is in Western China and. In Panda Country near near Chengdu, mm. um, so that opened and is busy. And then we opened uh, two properties in Vietnam. You know, the country is not open, so we we really just have uh, it's domestic. It's mm-hmm. but it's Vietnamese and it's foreigners, expats, kind of living in um, living in Vietnam. And right. uh, you know, good. You know, what's positive about that is we're probably going to end up, you know, finishing the month of May at like 90 percent occupancy. So what that tells us very much is that that demand, that pent up demand is really there to come back. And the people just need to get out of there, get out of their homes, get out of their rooms and wherever and and, uh, go away again. And, And it was kind of fun to to watch the guests arrive when when we opened and you know we're on an island and and they would you know the first thing they would do would rip off their masks and throw their clothes off and you know jump into the ocean and so on and we, we I mean, pretty much we had to control the movement of uh, of our guests and say guys you know there's some rules here you've got to take it a bit a bit easier but but the demand was so strong sure. and we think that's going to be the case <laughs> everywhere as as we as we reopen revenge um, tourism there you <laughs> go um and the next so those three are open uh bali is bali is also open you know we we there aren't many hotels open there but uh we're working again on on domestic you know domestic business but there's there's plenty of people in bali and also in in the other major cities in in indonesia so we're doing a bit of business there, and it'll be interesting because our first property 
in Europe will reopen next week in uh, in the Douro Valley of Portugal. So I'm interested to see how the Europeans now um, function and 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 seeing if we're going to see any anything similar to what we've seen in in Asia so far. And, and Neil, yeah. what are you doing to regain people's confidence post Yeah. Well, what you know, doing. Well, you know, certainly from a, a, a hygiene and safety perspective, you know, we're doing pretty much what what a lot of the hotel companies are doing. You know, we're insisting for the moment that people remain masked, whether it's guests or or, or employees. We call them our hosts. Um, so everyone is there. We are doing temperature checks. And, you know, the good news, the lucky part with our hotels is that most all of them are, are a villa product. So we don't have, you know, big hotels in in buildings with corridors and, you know, guest room doors next to each other. Right. I mean, most all of our accommodation is, is villa type accommodation and so you have space the whole concept of social distancing is is really quite easy to to follow M- many of our restaurants are outdoors anyway so it's easy to move tables onto a beach or, or right you know somewhere where where you you kind of got built in built-in distancing so that's all not so complicated we're about we're looking at certain pieces of equipment like ozone water equipment that kind of has has been shown to kill the virus and because of our sustainability position you know we we prefer not to get into heavy chemicals so you know a lot of cleaning materials are very organic but also extremely extremely effective so we're doing that. We will be doing, we're, we're trying to get some antibody testing into the hotel. So to be able to offer that to, to our guests as well. And, and I mean, we, we've got to go, we've got to go down that road. We're looking at UV, which is interesting. I mean, right. uh, there's something uh, relatively new called far UV, which, you know, I mean, everyone will tell you is, human being you don't want to you don't want to be in uv light but this right. far uv certainly allows um seems to be pretty safe so even for you know corridors um or bathrooms in public spaces to be able to go a little bit further and really be sure that uh, we we we've, we've got everything you know spa treatment rooms certainly that ozone cleaning there and, and mm-hmm. spraying is 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 essential and we're not doing all you know full spa treatments just yet but uh, you know the demand is so huge that sure. we're seeing that the guests that we have they want to go to the spa and they're going okay we're, we're we trust you and so it, it it's a big responsibility but so far you know we're very mindful of what we're doing and how we're doing it and we haven't had any issues I think people are very kind of psychologically resilient yeah. as well, um, mm. as well as being cooped up for such a long time. And if there's any place they want to go, it's a hotel like Six Senses, yeah. where people know that there's a focus on wellness and and sustainability and yeah. and you know doing doing the right thing. So si- sign me up, Neil. I, yeah, I'm you're that, welcome. Thank you for my invitation. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> it, it. Done. Done. <laughs> it's in the mail. It's in the mail. Uh, Neil, so, uh, uh, you know, you, you spent 14 years with Four Seasons, opened, you know, multiple hotels across continents mm. and countries. 
five years with Starwood Capital, uh, helping to launch uh, or launching Baccarat and the One Hotels, and yeah. now and now Six Senses. Pretty pretty damn good uh, uh, resume. But what what excites you most about uh, about Six Senses and and the, the task you have ahead? Well, I mean. I, I was involved in uh, in a group out of New York uh, with a private equity group that in 2012, um, we bought Six Senses. You know, I'd been, as you'd said, with Barry Sternlich at Starwood Capital and we were doing one and and, and, and Baccarat and, and had a great time with that. But I, I kind of got to a point in my life having had, having had a career in luxury hotels um, where it was just time to do something that was a little more that to me was a little more purposeful Mm. and that I kind of got worn out by just doing I mean this sounds blasé it's not meant to be but I just didn't want to be doing another luxury hotel that had no real story or narrative to it other than being a luxury hotel you know and and my my years with four seasons and you know i still consider them family i mean they had and have great hotels uh, around the world and you know a service culture that's second to none but but it was to me it as i say it, it was more important than having a comfortable bed and great service and great food is, is what was what was the takeaway and and how could i be involved in something that 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 you know actually did some good as well and and helped in however tiny a way improve people's lives and when when the six senses opportunity came along i mean i i knew six senses very well from all my years in asia mm-hmm. and they were certainly a leader from 20 something years ago in 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 sustainability and had very good spas they weren't really doing wellness but they were doing spa mm-hmm. and the opportunity came up they you know as to uh, just basically buy the company and i thought you know here is a group that is predominantly asia based but the bones to it and the ethos behind it was really uh, compelling to me. And I thought it was a brand that had legs and that with the right management and the right capital behind it, we could take the brand globally. We could take it out of just being in Asia. We, We could do some selected gateway city versions of the six senses which Mm. uh, i also thought was important you know we could evolve the design of it somewhat from being very very rustic and robinson crusoe to a little more still very organic but a little more refined um and we could really blow out the whole platform of of wellness and sustainability and make that very very meaningful and so that was the, the, the real excitement to me um, in 2012. I love it, Neil. And, mm. you know, as you said, Six Senses, so forgive me, I'm just going to read this for a second. So yeah. Six Senses has a commitment to uh, em- empathetic hospitality, purposeful travel, and a duty to nature and pioneering wellness. Yeah. I mean, it's really yeah. commendable. Uh, and, you. and you're personally committed to helping drive more responsible practices in the industry 
Um, where, where does this passion come from uh, and what are your goals surrounding responsible hospitality in the future? Well, I mean, I don't know where the passion comes from other than I think years in years in Asia and being very involved, um, you know, 20 years ago with in, in doing spas for four seasons. Although I ran Asia for four seasons, I, I looked after wellness globally. Amazing. And, it, was, and it, it wasn't because I knew so much about it. It's that everybody else knew nothing about it. <laughs> right, I, right. I knew a little bit, right? And, and they said, well, where's Jacobs? You know, he's in Bali. I was living in Bali at the time. You know, they have good spas there and they're known for that. He can run wellness. So I kind of inherited that role, but it became such an important part of uh, of my life. And, you know, I, I learned about Ayurveda. I learned about Chinese medicine. I'm now learning about, you know, South American energy medicine. So mm -hmm. that, that passion really came from there. You know, I, I, I've always cared about developing people and certainly developing people in, in, in the developing world, you know, people who are less, uh, not as lucky as we are, perhaps, and uh, don't have very much. And, and, and really, so again, the years in Asia and, and, and other parts of the world, that, that passion was there to, to drive growth of, of, and have people become the best they could possibly be. So, you know, I'm not, it's not that it's preachy about it, or it's a religion, but but, you know, we are destroying the planet. Um, we needed to do something about it. You know, most governments uh, don't have an appropriate point of view. And, and um, I felt that, you know, as a, as a hotel group, we, we also had a responsibility to do that. So here at Six Senses was something that believed in all the things that I was believing in. And that's kind of where the, the passion for this group came. I'm super excited about the future because we've got some great hotels kind of under development. And, you know, a really important one for us is, is, is what's going to open early next year in New York. Mm -hmm. And it's important because, A, obviously New York is New York. It's a, it's a unique city in the world. But we're also going to launch... Um, our club concept called Six Senses Place, which is really all about wellness. And, and, mm -hmm. and the point of that and to be in urban environments in, in many ways was to allow us to connect the dots between the programming that went on or that goes on in our resort. So if someone is in Thailand for a week and they're on a program, and they come back to New York or London or, or other cities that we're going into, how can they continue doing what they're doing? And in, in some ways, wellness within an urban environment is even more important than uh, in a resort. So our audience for that is not particularly our hotel guest, it's the residents of the city we're in. So the first ever Six Senses Place will, will open um, in New York. And, and that's really, really exciting for me because I think we have an opportunity to do something there that's never really been done before at quite the level we, we, we wish to do it. And, and as I said earlier, I think the time is perfect to, to launch a product like that um, mm -hmm. because the customers are there. People want it.
I think you're absolutely right. And I, I'm, I live in New York. I'm based in New York. And yeah. you, you, you may know I, I, I'm a, my, my real job is uh, as vice president of brand experience for, for a tradition hotel. So I'm very, very I passionate know. about wellness because I can yeah. oversee it for edition. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. But because I'm very, very passionate about it and think, as you do, that it is the future of hospitality and it, not just hospitality, I think any industry, but but we need to lead by example because often governments don't have the infrastructure or the willingness to do, to do so for whatever reasons. There's such a buzz about the six, uh, so you might not hear it because you're too close yeah. to it, but there's such a buzz yeah. about the six senses coming to, to New York. So we're all yeah. very excited yeah. about that. Well, I am. It's three blocks from my apartment in oh, New great. York. So, so that kind of makes it... <laughs> That's good you know, too. Yeah. You know, something something that is very very uh, dear to me is because in 2017 I started a campaign called Stay Plastic Free, aimed at taking yeah. single use plastics out of the yeah. uh, hotel industry by using addition as a as an industry standard. Or yeah. so I thought, because in 2016, a year be- the year before, you'd already banned plastic straws from all Six Senses uh, hotels, resorts, yeah. and spas. And you, you, you have, uh, and I quote, an audacious goal to com- yeah. be completely plastic free by 2022. Mm. Um, I, I know how difficult this is. Um, yeah. How do you convince owners, suppliers, guests that this is the right thing to do? Uh, and have yeah. there been any challenges along the way? Yeah. Well, you know, although we only we did the straws in 15 or 16, um, we've never for 20 years allowed a plastic water bottle, for example, into, right. into the property. I mean, in all our hotels, all the resorts, we basically make our own water. We have pretty sophisticated reverse osmosis plants. So, so we won't actually even have a Perrier or a, or a San Pellegrino because we're just not about to ship it you know, halfway across the world. Now, I know that because I stayed at a couple of times yeah, last yeah, year with, yeah, with my fiancé, yeah. Tansy, and we, we okay. nerded out big time about, about what, you were, what you were doing with the, with the water programs. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because well, not only is there you. no plastic, there's also, you know, low-impact, low-carbon footprint yeah, because you're not, yeah. you're not shipping in glass bottles or tetra right. or anything. It's, it's exactly. brilliant, brilliant. So, but that's for, that's for 20-something <laughs> years now. The same with bathroom amenities. You know, I mean, we've never, ever had, you know, those little champagne, shampoo bottles and uh, and conditioners and everything else. I mean, we've always done refillable. We've always done organic. And, you know, for years we were criticized, you know, the refillable, it's not hygienic, blah, blah, blah. Mm. It ends up being more expensive. And, and, and it does end up being a little more expensive for sure. But, you know, the hygiene is, it, we, we figure out. There's very strict protocol around it. But there's always been, and I think the success of any sustainability program in, with anybody is, is in large part about the culture of that organization. Right. And you again, you can't wake up today and say, tomorrow I'm going to be more sustainable. It, 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 it doesn't happen. Like, however good every little move is, and I'm not critical of anyone because whatever anyone does is great, but it has to be an intrinsic part of the culture of the leadership group. I mean, when we interview for a general manager, for example, of a hotel, they have to interview with our head of wellness and our head of sustainability. Amazing. Because part of 
you know, that process is to figure out, do they really feel it? Do they really care about it? You know, both those platforms. Now, we don't expect everyone to be an absolute expert because you can't be, but you've got to want to understand it and you have to care about it because if you don't, you're not going. It's not going to work. You you you'll, you'll fail within our organization because if that culture is not there, you you just won't get to where you want to be. So, plastic free came about as a result of you know we needed uh, you know we have lots of local initiatives and you know that you talked earlier about half a percent of our revenue you know, going to sustainable activity. I mean, it stays in the country where it's earned. So each hotel does their own thing because one thing is more appropriate than another, depending mm-hmm. where depending where you are. But we needed the right corporate initiatives as well. So we saw plastic as the big, the big bad thing. Um, so three years ago, we took on that goal of um, of removing all plastic. You know, we were already pretty good at the guest facing stuff, you know, because that we just we just didn't allow it and we sure. didn't do it. But what it's you mentioned before, chain. it's the supply chain Absolutely. that is really hard. And and you know, we're in, in remote places and the fisherman shows up in the morning with the fresh catch, which you know is just straight out of the ocean, but it's all in a plastic crate. Yeah. You know? So we've had to, and everyone said, well, let's give them containers. And we said, no, we can't give them containers because then it's too easy for them. They've got to understand, mm-hmm. you know, where we're coming from and why this is so important to their country as well. And, you know, it's been difficult, but I I, I would say, well, firstly, every hotel did a full inventory of every piece of plastic in the hotel. Mm-hmm. We had lists that went on forever. So at least we had the baseline. And three years into it, we're about we're about 50% of yeah. the way there. So frankly, to me it's and to us, it's not about necessarily reaching the hundred percent because we may or we may not reach a hundred percent. It's about the intention the continual that we all effort. have. Absolutely. And you know, if we get to 80, it's not a hundred, but it's better than where we were, that's for exactly. sure. And and people take it seriously. Well well said. And I know it's I know it's not easy and and if you yeah. inventory plastic in a hotel, you'll be shocked at how long that that list will actually be yeah, uh, yeah. I've done a similar yeah. exercise and it's uh we've, we've got a long way to go thank you so much Neil for pioneering the efforts and uh and wow. holding the the bar high for the rest of us because I think you know it's absolutely yeah. necessary necessary in hospitality and I think in a post-covid world we've got to be even more conscious of what so. it is we're putting into our businesses uh and how it's affecting yeah, you know ourselves, each other, and the and the planet. So you know, absolutely right. But I much. think I think there's good news out there. I think people are changing, and and you know businesses are changing, and and, and fi- finally, you know, the train has left the station, even even pre-COVID, and and there's definitely greater awareness out there, and certainly in our industry. I mean, five or ten years ago, when you talk to developers, they they 
they really weren't that interested. Oh, it adds 10, 20% to the cost of a hotel. But we don't, A, it's not so expensive anymore to do it properly. Yeah. And B, developers are more are more aware and more mindful of it because... Well, wellness is a $14.2 trillion yeah. a year global industry. And that has yeah. grown 13% over the past two years, yeah. which is twice the rate of the global economy. So doing good seems to be good business. So yeah. why do you think the travel and hospitality industry is so slow to adopt these practices? Certainly my era and, and younger generations, when we went to hotel school, nobody talked about spa, right. nobody talked <clears throat> about wellness. So we end up kind of in periods where hotel all hotels need to have a spa and, you know, no general manager knows squat about spas or, right. or so, which has been our success because we had a ton of spas in a lot of other people's hotels because it was just, it's just too hard. And 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 they look at it the wrong way. It's generally looked at as it costs too much. The spa and wellness revenue is at best ten or fifteen percent of of total income. Why should we give so much square footage to that? And you know these hardcore developers who look at revenue per square foot and and, and all that stuff. But what we've tried to how we've tried to educate over the years is is that you can't look at it like that. You have to look at what does the wellness program do for average rate? What does it in a hotel? What does it do for length of stay? So, you know, how does it make your hotel more profitable? You know, looking at it kind of holistically, as opposed to, to saying that department doesn't make as much money as I do in food and beverage, or I do selling a room. Maybe it doesn't, but the profile it gives to your hotel and how it helps you sell your hotel goes without saying. And the same, the same with sustainability today. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the younger generations are demanding it. Um, employees are demanding it. Mm-hmm. You know, certainly in the Western world, when when kids are going for interviews, you know, they're interviewing the hotel, saying, "What's your what's your green policy?" Mm-hmm. I mean, at that point employees only want to work in in hotels that are conscious about this. So the developers just can't go on resisting it. And as I say, I think finally we've crossed that line where people realize that it's something you just have to have. You know, I mean, you talk about, it's interesting, you talk about the wellness economy. I'm pretty involved with the Global Wellness Summit, uh, Global Wellness Institute that does all of that research, the largest growth segment in the wellness economy, not the largest number, but the largest growth year on year is wellness real estate, wellness mm-hmm. communities, mm-hmm. particularly in the US and, and now starting in Europe, where people want to live in environments that, that are respectful of the environment, that have a sustainability practice, and where they can be well. It's about leading a well life. These communities are not for are not for sick people, but they want to know that there are incredible sports facilities, there are incredible practitioners and yoga and meditation and all these things that just become part of these communities. And the the demand for this kind of real estate today 
is is just is just absolutely huge. Mm-hmm. So that only supports everything we're doing in 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 the wellness field. You know, I uh, think to touch on one thing you said there, there is a there is a large, powerful young generation who yeah. are going to very yeah. soon make their choices based on the impact their travel has on themselves, on each other, and the planet. And I right. think that those those companies that are going to succeed are those that can genuinely and authentically cater to this generation with regards yeah. to environmentalism and diversity and gender equality and, and all the things that, yeah. that, that we should be caring about. Uh, yep. uh, they're the things that are going to make hospitality businesses successful in the future, hotels, spas, resorts, etc. So, so I, I, I'm totally a, agree. Absolutely. Totally agree with you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank with you. you. So you know, we, we, we are living in some very strange times. Uh, so yeah. what do you think the industry needs to do, uh, you know, to survive and thrive in a, in a post-corona world? Ah, that's such a, that's such a big question. I, I, I mean, I, I think much of what it needs to do is, is what we've been talking about. Right. I, I think every, yeah, and every hotel group, it's kind of answering your question, but but where I get a little, I would say irritated, but what is not going to work anymore is hospitality without some kind of narrative, mm. you know. And, I, and I'm not saying it all has to be sustainability and wellness. I think I think those are uh, mainstays and pillars that need to show up everywhere at different levels. But it, it, it's about having a narrative and a, and a belief set in whatever it is you do. I mean, there are there are great hotel companies out there that, that do great things. I mean, you know, what what Ian has done with, with, in his world is 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 extraordinary. Uh, you know, it, it's not so much about sustainability, you know, but it's about it, there's an attitude and there's a personality and there's a narrative to what he does. You know, I, I particularly love a, a small hotel group called JK oh, that, yeah. that, you know, are in Italy and, and France. In Rome. And, you know, and, yeah, beautiful. But, and it's just like being in someone's house that is, that is super cool and, and beautifully designed and, and doesn't feel like a hotel at all, but it's got a lot of style to it. And, and, you know, they have a strong narrative. What I get, fed up with is just the homogeneity of, of so many hotels today in the world. And it doesn't matter whether they're five-star or three-star or, or, or whatever, that there, there has to be a story. And I think without that today, people can't succeed. You know, you're going to have to be mindful about the future. These our hotels are going to have to be safe. There has to be a new approach to to hygiene, I think. But I mean, that kind of goes without saying. We will we will deal with that, right? But then it's about it's about content, I guess, to use a, a tech word. You know, it, it's about what are you doing in your hotels that really make make a difference. I mean, in our case, you know, the mission of our hotel group has nothing to do with hotels. We talk about reconnection and reconnection mm-hmm. to ourselves, world, and, you know, those around. Now, during COVID, you know, there's been so much talk about people 
reconnecting and and in in so many different ways and so we're looking at the future very much as to how can we take that concept of of connection and reconnection and apply it to some of the programming that we that we want to broaden and deepen or, around wellness and sustainability and whether it's a lecture program or it's our version of a burning man or a retreat somewhere to kind of bring all these elements into our world of stuff that we do every day mm-hmm. and and you know we don't want to turn it into a university and we don't want to be preachy and we want people to have a really good time and eat a big fat cheeseburger if they want it so i, I mean that will continue to exist but how can we provide programming that that allows people to go deeper and broader to touch on i'd say a little more spirituality to touch on gratitude to touch on love and i mean i don't mean that in a real romantic kind of way but to take these concepts and turn them into certain types of programming that people can do for an hour or two hours or or a day or a week or 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 whatever to to have plenty of choices but to allow them to you know go home in 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 just in a better place than when they arrived that's the key and it can be small things not everything has to be a huge move right it's the little thing and i think if we can uh, if we can spread this message as far as possible uh, we'll have yeah. a greater opportunity of yeah. succeeding together and i'm noticing that on our chat we've got yeah. uh, um we've got hoteliers and people in the industry everywhere from costa rica and mexico and argentina and brazil and and uh, lamu and all, all over the world so so you're absolutely right let's do you know it's doing the right thing neil i've got a feeling you're going to really enjoy the exploration of the south american energy um wellness approach well you know our our head of wellness and my my business partner uh lady colana who runs a whole team and works with a whole team of people that's creating or or our programming decided that was the next move for us and this was It's kind of a, a year or so ago right and she went on and you know she won't do anything unless she knows a, a lot about it so mm-hmm. uh, went to school and ended up going to stay in northern chile for quite a while working with a a very well-known shaman in 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 the hills of of, of chile and she is now very much a shaman does she work for six senses she runs wellness for six amazing yes. that's amazing yeah. now yeah. i would yeah. love to meet her one day you you will meet <laughs> but i mean so we 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 put our toes in the water you know we're still learning but some of the programming that we put in some of the rituals that we're putting in some of the gratitude work and gratitude meditations and, and things around that are, are really draw from from the spirit of the incas and and the shamanic shamanic ritual you know mm-hmm. and it it makes a lot of sense as i say we knew a lot about chinese medicine and we knew a lot about ayurveda 
And we mm -hmm. knew, didn't know squat about this. So it was time. Mm -hmm. And we went out and with her, we, we learned. So we had some programming. There's a one thing that, in fact, we were doing in Kaplankaya called Grow a New Body. Uh, Anna's shaman is a gentleman called Dr. Alberto Violo, who, who lives in, in Chile most of the time and has a school there and, and uh, um, just amazing people. And it's all about the learning, you know, Absolutely. and more, more and more people are interested in what goes on in South America these days. And, There's so much yeah, to learn. It can, yeah. it can literally change yeah. the course of your life. It's certainly done that for me and a lot of people in my community. And, uh, you know, I'm doing it the other way around now. Now it's my turn to learn about Ayurveda, Ayurveda. Yeah. yeah, which I'm finding fascinating. I've got yeah. a, I mean, uh, all these medicines are thousands of years old, right? I mean, Ayurveda is over 5,000 years old. I mean, Chinese medicine even even longer and uh, the shamanic stuff, I'm not sure, but it, it, it's old. So, yes. I mean, this is how people lived, right? Bef long before any Western medicine. And, right. Uh, I think we've got uh, a lot to learn. So, Neil, before we wrap, wrap up, have you been taking life online? Any, any quarantine <coughs> skills you've discovered? In many ways, it's interesting. I, I, I mean, given that we're all at home and given the fact that we're not together, we're communicating as a group better than we've ever communicated Agreed. and that kind of gives pause to go well okay we need to change something here um because uh, uh this is much better we're actually talking to each other in a more meaningful way and we're listening to each other and the other thing i've noticed even being because you know i am we are going out i am outside a couple hours a day and we have these mm -hmm. beautiful botanical gardens in Singapore that have been a lifesaver. But I really believe that people are just being kinder to each mm -hmm. other, you know, and I, I think that's really noticeable. And, and certainly I hear from my friends in New York who historically are, are too busy to, to do anything other than be busy. You know, I, I mean, I'm hearing stories and seeing them online and, you know, hearing about interactions they have with people they haven't met before and just being in the street. And there's, there's just a there's just a greater respect and a greater feeling of empathy towards humanity in many ways, which is is uh, is very, very heartwarming, mm -hmm. actually. And may it long continue, you know. I agree. One of the uh, one of the silver linings that have come from this yeah. uh, this challenging time. Neil, you've had a, a, an incredible career so far, and can't wait to see what happens over the next few years with Six Senses. Mm. You're really pioneering a great deal in wellness and sustainability. Any advice you would give to somebody wanting to get into or succeed in, in the hotel hospitality industry today? You have to have the passion. I, I, yes. I mean, if it's not there. There are plenty of jobs out there, maybe not this week, but they'll right. come back. <laughs> um, you know, you will work less and likely earn more money. But there's there's something about hospitality that if you have the bug that is, uh, 
extremely rewarding, extremely satisfying to you as an individual. I mean, at the end of the day, we are we are caregivers. That's what we do. And if you if you feel that, and if you you you, you care about providing experiences for people and and having them feel good about where they are, and and that's equally as important in a in a business hotel as it is in a in a in a fancy resort somewhere. But you have to have that inside you because I don't think that that's something you can necessarily learn. Agreed. I think we can teach people the technical piece of most of the jobs. And in fact, we as a group almost prefer to hire people that don't have a lot of experience or in many cases don't have any experience because the more experience they have, likely the more bad habits they've they've obtained over over the years so to take young people who 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 have that passion for it and have that feeling uh, we can teach them the job but you can't teach people really to be empathetic or or, or kind or or, 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 or you know or friendly people i mean if that's not there it's not there very 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 true mm-hmm. um Neil Jacobs, CEO of Six Senses, thank you so much. Uh, thank, thank you, you really for joining us today. And thank you for being so pioneering and inspiring. And I hope uh, we meet somewhere. Uh, we soon. certainly will. We will. I look forward to it. This podcast is brought to you by A Hotel Life, an award-winning travel website and community founded by Ben Pundell. This episode features Neil Jacobs, CEO of Six Senses Hotels, Resorts and Spas, 